Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagles Live podcast. Training camp has begun at the NovaCare Complex. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with you, and we've got a lot to get to in this Eagles Live podcast. Eagles with an off day on Monday after four good days of practice. No major injuries, knocking wood all the time, suffered by the Eagles thus far. It's been a productive first few days at the NovaCare Complex. So let's get into it and talk about this football team. Obviously, everybody's watching Carson Wentz. He's gone through practices to the naked eye and to the observer the media, the coaches. He looks like he is all the way back. He is simply waiting for medical clearance on taking a hit. That is the next and final step for Wentz, who's sharing reps at the quarterback position with Nick Foles and Nate Sudfeld, Joe Callahan, taking some reps as well as the fourth quarterback. And everything looks really, really good with that group, with Wentz in particular, and with an offense that returns largely intact from last season. We begin on that side of the football in this Eagles Live podcast. Had a chance to talk to Pro Bowl right guard Brandon Brooks about the offensive line, about the offense, about how much better the Eagles think they can be with this group in 2018. Remember, when Wentz went down with the injury, the Eagles led the NFL in points scored. How much better can they be? Well, Brandon Brooks thinks they've got a lot of improving to do. Brandon, as you kind of think about the offense as it's constructed, do you feel like it's a complete offense that it can win running the football, passing the football, keep defenses off balance? I think Doug does a tremendous job between you know him and Grow and you know style with the run game and things like and protection and things like that. I mean, offensively, I mean we can form them in at anything. You know, you want to load the box. I mean, we can spread it out. You know, you want to go on a dime and nickel. I mean, we can run the ball at quarterback. You know, whether it's Carson. Coordinate, whoever's in there. I mean, their decision making, man, has been A1, man. So, I mean, I'm not panicking. I'm excited to get out here, get to work, you know, with the rest of the guys. But, you know, it's not about matching what we did last year. It's about being better than we were last year. And you think you can be better? Yeah. In um, what way? All over. I mean, just speaking up front, we're always trying to go, you know, no sacks, no pressures, and, you know, rushing the ball 150, 200 yards, you know, every week. You know, there's more games we did than we did last year, but there are games that we didn't, you know what I mean? One, looking over the film and seeing what we didn't do they can get better in those areas. We all watch practice and you've been in this for three years. Does it change, Brandon, with what Stout is teaching you or is it just refining and being better at what you already know? So this might be a little longer answer than you want, but you know when you come in the league, man, a power play. You can really only block it you know, one way. It's a gap scheme, a down play, right? The thing that really changes from team to team is the terminology. So, you know, when I was down in Houston, it might be 26 power, right? Get here, it's power 26. Instead of, you know, deuce calls with double teams, you know, we got T calls. But the double team itself, to who the backer goes to, stays the same. The thing you really got to ask yourself as you get older, because for me, I've heard it for seven years now. Like I said, the terminology is different, but who I'm blocking to who I'm supposed to go to is the same. It's really about trying to be a better student in the game, trying to, you know, help some of the younger guys you know get it the way you get it really I guess reinventing yourself time and time again so you never get bored with it you know what I mean it'll be like the equivalent of you know going to the same math class except maybe the teaching style is a little different for seven years after you know a couple years you got the base after a couple more years you know you start to refine and then from there you know you got to go back and do it all over again man you got to be just as hungry as you were when you started so that was my next question how do you not get bored going through the same dance routines on the field every single day I look at that guy Jason Peters every day. I mean, I heard it for seven. He heard it for going into 15. I mean, I can only imagine for him. But year after year, day after day, practice after practice, he goes out there as if this was his first year out of Arkansas as an undrafted tight end. It's been tremendous to be around, and he's probably the guy who has the biggest influence on me. Not just because of what he's done on the field, but the person he is, how he carries himself, how he treats other people. I mean, hey, man, we're in the NFL, man, the highest level. A lot of guys, you know, achieve, you know, things that other guys won't. I think he's one of those guys. 
and some guys, you know, are like him, and you know, some other guys aren't. But you know, having a guy like that, like a cornerstone, man, is good. For you, Brandon, making the Pro Bowl last year, your name is now out there. You now have the rep. What has that meant to you? I'll be honest with you, man. Like as far as being a good player, like before the Pro Bowl, I felt like that was already known. Like between players, you know, I think the Pro Bowl, you know, kind of put me out there more, like in the households, man. It's a good thing. I appreciate you know all the people who voted for me, especially the fans. You know, I'm trying to play at a higher level this year. Pro Bowl was great, but you know, got to match lane, man. Got to go All Pro too. So uh, I look forward to it, man. I think the biggest thing for me is it just made me hungrier because I earned that last year. I want to continue to earn that repeatedly. Thanks, man. Thank you. And one of the reasons the Eagles think they can be better is having running back Jay Ajayi in the fold for the entire season. Remember, Ajayi came to the Eagles last year. They trade with the Miami Dolphins at the deadline in November. He was a key contributor for the Eagles down the stretch and through the postseason. And now Ajayi in a contract year in the best shape of his career. Very happy to be an Eagle. He's grown up a lot since his days with the Miami Dolphins. And in a division with Ezekiel Elliott and with the new star of the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley. Jay Ajayi is a little bit of a forgotten running back. Here is Ajayi talking to reporters and specifically later in the interview talking about getting the world to tune in to the J-Train once again. When I first came, you know, I was kind of thrown into the fire, learn as much as I can learn and, uh, you know, at the end of the day my menu wasn't as wide as I would say it is now where now I've got the full grasp of the playbook and know all the little ins and outs of each player and also just getting, you know, more coaching from Deuce, you know, this is more specialized time in the spring, it's more individual time. So just those little tweaks to my game, just helping me improve, helping me just take my game to the next level. I think all those things are going to help me. I'm excited to be in this locker room again for just this offseason, being with these guys and, you know, we're battling, getting ready for another tough year. You know, we've got target on our backs. Hey, in this division where everybody talks about Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, does that mean anything to you? Motivation? Uh, anything at all? I mean, I'm always motivated. You know, obviously, you know, those guys get, you know, a lot of the publicity and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, that comes from the media outlets and all that. You know, I like to do my play on the field. I'm ready to kind of showcase again to the world, you know, who I am as a running back. Because at the end of the day, I do feel like a little bit like it was for Gun, you know, the kind of play I can show when I'm, you know, playing at the best of my ability and the kind of things I can do on the football field. So I'm excited to go back out there and do that, you know, and especially, you know, given the role that, you know, I should be in this year and, and what they're saying. So for me, it's just about going out there and showcasing who the J trainers again. And you know, I'm excited about that. I'm not too far removed from, you know, what I was doing in that 2016 season. And, you know, if you look at what happened, I was, you know, top five in rushing in the league. And so you know, I know I'm capable to do that. I know I've grown from that player from 2016. And so in my opinion, I'm even on a better team with a great offensive line in front of me and even weapons all around to make, you know, defensive players you have to really, it's hard to scheme. So I'm excited. I'm definitely motivated this year. I'm excited to showcase who I am again. When you say you've grown, what does that mean? I mean, this is my fourth year in the NFL. So, you know, I've learned a lot. I'm far from the rookie I was. I've learned different things about defenses that I didn't know back then in 2016. I've got a running back coach that's been able to help me with a lot of the nuances and just be a better player with my mindset as well. And just at the end of the day, being a champion as well motivated me, you know, seeing what it takes to be able to get to the end, being on a team that knows how to finish games and has had finished a great season. All those things have helped me up to this point and I think it's just important for me now to just continue to take all these valuable lessons and put it together for this year and allow that to show on the field. You really have a high opinion of Deuce, don't you? You really think 
he's helped your game? Absolutely. I'll say the truth. I don't think I've had a running back coach in my career that's played the actual position of a running back. I've got one that's actually played in the NFL. So just him telling me the little tidbits of like how to attack a defensive line and how to stick one way to get the defense to move another way, you know, all those things were things that I was never really taught. And it was just, for me, a lot more instinctual things that I was doing. So being able to add those kind of things to my game, his knowledge of the game and defense, and just putting that on me and allowing me to just be smarter out there, kind of already know what might be coming before it's even happening. All those things is going to help me be a better player and a better teammate, better running back. And so I'm definitely grateful to have him as my running back coach. He's very motivating. You know, if you know Deuce, he's a very like emotional guy, exciting, great guy to be in the room with. Keeps our running back room really light. And so it's been just a really great opportunity for me to learn from him and I just be in that running back room. First draft pick tight end Dallas Goddard has made a very nice transition from South Dakota State to the NFL. He's expected to team with Zach Gertz and Richard Rodgers to give the Eagles a lot of options at the tight end position. Goddard talked about his first couple of days in camp and catching up to the NFL tempo. Dallas, how'd you spend those five weeks between spring and camp? Spent a little bit of time with my family to myself, and then, you know, just training, trying to get in shape, get ready for this camp. You know, it's a big time of my career, my rookie camp. You know, i got to prove to people what I can do, so kind of training, getting ready for this. Do you think it'll be a bigger test mentally or physically? I mean, I think I'm ready for it. I can't say it'd be mentally or physically. We got great coaches teaching us the stuff. We got, you know, I think I'm kind of fit the role of the tight end, so physicality is kind of a mindset that, you know, you just got to embrace, so um, I think I'm ready for both of them. This is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that's a fake pass to Jeffrey in for the touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. Jason Kelsey has suffered a serious knee injury in his career, and the All-Pro center knows what Wentz is going through. He also believes that Carson Wentz is on track, feeling good, and that when he watches number 11 play, he sees what we all see, a star on the field. So here's Jason Kelsey, a little one-on-one time, talking about the Wentz injury, and then talking about the Eagles offensive line and those expectations for greatness. I've talked to him how it feels, and he says he feels great. Just speaking for my own knee injury, I think the biggest thing is just the mental aspect of going out there and reacclimating yourself and feeling comfortable. Uh, and that's not just something Carson's doing with us, something that Carson, Jason Peters, you know, Darren Sproles, all those guys, Jordan Hicks, even though it wasn't a knee, they're all kind of, you know, they have to go out there and get live snaps to feel comfortable again. And Carson looks like he's doing phenomenal. You can't see anything in his gait or anything. You're letting it go. You're mentally, you're coming back, you're taking these live reps sure. in camp. But it changes. The tempo changes. Everything changes in the regular Sure. Season. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I think that the first time you're doing like really it's not going to be 100% out of your mind until you've like taken a full contact hit and done that a couple times to where you really start to trust it again but I think that even for like just myself I think um, even though it's in the back of your head once you start playing you're not really thinking about it at least I wasn't and even though it took me a couple games to be like okay you know this thing really is fully healed I think through training camp and all that stuff you get to the point where you stop thinking about it or at least that's the way it was for me. Everybody expects this to be a great offensive line. How do you make sure that that happens? Um, I think we make sure it happens by continuing to work, continuing to try and get better, continuing to try and hone your craft. The bottom line in this league is if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. I mean, it doesn't really matter at what point you are in your career, how good you are. You have to continually work because that's what everybody else is doing. You know, we're fortunate to have a great coach with Jeff Stoutland. We have a great room, a great unit of guys that really enjoy getting better. You know, me, Wiz, and Brandon are constantly talking, even just in practice, about, you know, how things felt 
or, uh, you know, I don't know if that was the best thing to do in this look. Maybe we should do it this way next time. And those are the conversations that you like having in practice because those are the conversations you have all week preparing for a game. Those are the conversations in games and adjustments that end up making the difference in being able to run the football or not. It's really, really fun to play with this group. All right, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. I'm still fascinated by some of the additions the Eagles made, particularly along the defensive line with veteran defensive tackle Haloti Nada and defensive end Michael Bennett. They bring Pro Bowl experience, Super Bowl winning experience, and they're just really good football players. First up, a little one-on-one with Michael Bennett, not in the traditional way of how do you fit into the scheme, although we get into that a little bit later. But in the Eagles locker room, when you look at the defensive line, every single player has won a Super Bowl on that defensive line from Chris Long to Fletcher Cox in the locker room. It includes, in order, Chris Long, Michael Bennett, Halode Nada, Tim Jernigan, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Particularly those three veterans with Long, Bennett, and Nada. I wondered, talking to Michael Bennett, what kind of relationship you form in the locker room with those who dress next to you every day of the season. I'm interested in your experiences kind of like in a locker room. And I look up and I see Chris Long and Haloti Nada. And I wonder over the course of your career, what kind of relationship you've formed with the guys next to you? Has it been something that you think will last forever with you? The guys that sit next to you, they're, especially the vet guys, they kind of understand the experience and they understand like family. They understand like everything about the NFL. So you get real close to the guys next to you. And I think when you get close to your D-line, when a D-line is really close, that's when you play the best because you start to feel off each other. And, and that's what I'm trying to feel out now is like how Chris for us. How does Fletch rush? How do I fit in with them to figure out what's the best way to do it? Because everybody's such a different rusher, a different player. But when you got great teammates around you, it just makes the job a lot easier. In the locker room, Michael, in your career, has it mostly been football talk? Has it mostly been personal talk? I think it's mostly personal talk. I think we, you talk about football when it's time to talk about it. But most of the time, you try to have real-life conversations. There's a lot of things that we experience is that the only other players can really talk about. It. Whether it's injuries, whether it's depression, whether it's money, whether it's wife, whatever it is, it's family. With the guys in the league, you can have a great conversation with. Is that how? 18 built chemistry? It's outside the football, because football is football, but it's when you get, you know, telepathically think like your teammate, you know, how is he thinking? If you understand his background, his family, and what motivates him and what drives him, it allows you to motivate your teammate. He also has the same thing, and then you get motivated too. What did you know about Chris prior to being an Eagle? What did you know about Haloti before becoming an Eagle? I knew about Haloti. I knew about the Polynesian culture, so I know where family and what that means to him, and I always watched him play, so I was always surprised that I got a chance to play with him. I always dreamed about getting a chance to play with him and Chris, but I know that he's a man first and he's a family man first. So for me, spiritually, that's the greatest thing you can have in a teammate because you can understand him personally. And Chris is the same way. He's a great guy. What did you know about Chris prior to coming in? Oh, man, I always knew Chris for, you know, he played with the Rams, so I always had a chance to play against him, and he was always beating our offensive line so bad we never drafted offensive line, but I never knew why because he would always get seven sacks against us. And so uh, I always knew he was a great player. He always had a great motor, and he was just a, a great leader. You would see him go out there and play with blood on his face. And so he was the type of guy that you want to be able to play with. And now, you know, we always talk in text and then now is the opportunity to play. He's the first person I text when I told him I was coming over here, so that was good. How's it been fitting in as an Eagle, Michael? I mean, it's different. I think I've been with a team for so long, and so you get used to a certain uh, way of life, and I think now it's, I feel young. I feel like I just got divorced and I got new marriage, and I'm just learning my new wife, what she likes to eat, all these different things. So it's a new, it's new, so I'm just getting used to everything, and hopefully everything pays off. Does she like to eat what you like to eat? Yeah, they do. I think the food is really good here. I think the new house is great. You know, the new kids are great, so it's good. It's a new 
thing. How about the scheme? The scheme is perfect. I think you just got to get used to it. I'm used to, you know, playing in a certain type of defense. I've always been on a great defense. I think my defense I was on was one of the greatest in NFL history as far as statistically and the players that I played with. So now I'm just coming to a new scheme and there's a lot of great players here and I'm just finding my way around. I think I'll be great out there. My goal is to be one of the defensive players of the year and then just grind every single day and get to the quarterback and just play as hard as I can. As for Nada, the veteran feels rejuvenated in Philadelphia. He came off the field one day after practice. I had a little time to go one-on-one with Halode Nada, talking about his love of the NFL and the game of football. Halode, you've been around this league a long time. Do you feel like you know what a good team is even this early in the process? You know, every year it's a team's different, but you know, being coming here, I'm really impressed. Really impressed with the guys, remaining hungry, staying hungry, wanting to continue to win, continue the legacy here, and I'm just excited to be here and be a part of it. How about the tempo of things? Is it different than other places? No, it's similar, very similar. You know, teams, they just, everywhere you go, they're gonna have a you know high tempo, but just coming here, you can kind of feel, the biggest thing to me is how close everyone is, and then, how hungry they are. So it's just those two things, it's, it's awesome because we continue to take care of each other, but then we're still trying to grind and get better. How about your fit in the defense? It's awesome. You know, I'm excited for it. We have Why? What's so what's so special about the there's fit? There's so many different, there's so many different players, type, type of players, you know, the word, you know, you got Fletcher Cox who's very elusive, big, Des who's big and strong, and myself, we're the same, and you got the young guys with Winston who's very elusive, and so it's just gonna be awesome. When you get that rotation going, it's just going to be awesome, fun watching and watching Michael Bennett in practice. It's now you know why he's you know been great. He does so many good things and he can be inside and outside. And so it's just we have so many different weapons on the D line. It's going to be fun. Lloyd, what keeps you motivated every day coming out here? I love football. I love the grind. I love everything about it. The team, the the guys. Definitely, that's the thing I, I think about the most. But I just love football. I love everything about it, and I'm just excited that I'm here. Physically, you feeling good? I feel great. Yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, we try to every after every practice, you kind of feel what to see what's sore and all that at my age. And but I'm feeling great. For those who don't know, what happens for you the rest of the day and the night? What what is it like for Halodi Nada after you leave the practice field? Recovery, really recovery. Get some fill in with lunch, and then got some meetings and walk through and more meetings. So it's just trying to get my body right again for tomorrow. Are you a smoothie guy? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I drink the smoothies that they have back there, but, which you didn't have ten years ago in the NFL, yeah, right? I mean, no. it's all changed, hasn't it? It's definitely different. You know, they're really into the nutrition and refueling your body and getting something in your body right away, at, right after practice, which is very important. So it's a lot different. And that has made a difference. You feel like in your longevity of your career? Definitely. I feel like the recovery part of it is not lasting longer. It's I'm recovering a little bit faster. Just because of the taking care of my body. When you go home at night or back to the hotel, wherever you're staying, are you in the playbook or are you watching your favorite TV series? Are you calling your family? What are you doing? Giving myself a massage with the machines and studying. I'm new to the system, so watching TV isn't really something I'm into anyways, but just getting my body right and then talking to family. Lodi, thank you. Thank you for having me. We wrap up this Eagles Live podcast with a conversation with the Dean of NFL Sports Media, and that is Peter King, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now with NBC Sports. He made it out to the Novacare Complex over the weekend, spent a day with the Eagles. We talk about his observations of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Peter, you had your first look at the Super Bowl champions. What do you walk away with? 
You know, it's interesting. I said to Doug Peterson, so what are the big stories here? What are the competition points? And he goes, really? Probably the only major one is quarterback. And, you know, when I was driving in here today, Dave, I started to think to myself, okay, what are the big stories on this team? There really aren't many big stories on this team. It's kind of other than, you know, the quarterback, which obviously is a huge thing, kind of a probably a boring news camp. You know, okay, so who's going to be the punter? I think it's going to be a pretty quiet summer here other than the quarterback. And your thoughts, Peter, as you watch number 11 out there, what is it, eight months after surgery, seven months after surgery? I mean, I think we're seven months and 10 days away from surgery or clear of surgery. To me, I mean, especially what I noticed, Dave, is that it was like 11.18 a.m., two hours and 35 minutes into this practice or something like that. And you look out there and there's Carson Wentz running around evading Michael Bennett and a couple of guys in sort of just a really nimble play in the pocket and he completed it and I just thought to myself if I were the Eagles I would look at this play especially after how long they've been practicing the sun's beaten down it's 80 degrees or whatever it is and you just say this is a good test for Carson Wentz and to me it looks like he passed and as you project I mean we're not doctors as you look at the eye test you've been in the game for 35 40 years how do you look I think he looked really good I think he looked great you know and again we can sit here right now and if you ask me to put five bucks down on who the opening day starter is, I'm going to bet Carson Wentz. But I've now talked twice to um, Doug Peterson about this this month, and he both times has said, A, we don't have to make the decision now, and B, it's going to be a collaborative decision. And this is a long haul marriage between Carson Wentz. And, you know, look, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but, you know, boy, what a difficult thing, situation they're in. How difficult can it be if instead of Carson Wentz playing the opener, the Super Bowl MVP, who's got the total confidence of everybody in this organization, plays. So I understand why everybody cares about it. That's one of the things I'm looking at. I've watched Carson Wentz on every throw he made today. But at the end of the day, whether he starts opening day or not, Carson Wentz is going to be a great quarterback in Philadelphia for the next 12 to 15 years. Peter, we've talked for so many years. Isn't it incredible how this whole thing's turned around in such a short period of time? It just says how big a quarterback is to an organization and how big two quarterbacks are to an organization. I'll just make this point. I've made it a lot of times this offseason, but what is so interesting, and honestly, I was so glad when Jason Kelsey, you know, took the mic as Mr. Mummer at the parade, and he mentioned Howie Roseman, because Howie Roseman has his fingerprints all over the Lombardi Trophy and should get a great amount of credit because honestly, who thought when they signed Nick Foles, my first thought when they signed Nick Foles, and I think I'm right in saying this, it was reported two years, 11 million. I said, Nick Foles? Two years, 11 million? He was awful last year. And they knew how he knew. And sometimes the best contracts you sign are for the guy who you hope will never play. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of people who deserve credit for this, but there's no team in the NFL. It's a weird thing to say for a quarterback who's eight months removed or less from major knee surgery to say that the Eagles have the best quarterback situation in football. The Eagles have the best quarterback situation 
division in yeah. football. And so I think it's a tribute to the organization as well as the players. How difficult is it to repeat? Only eight teams have done it. I mean, it's I respect the Patriots so much more having gone through it, knowing what the offseason is like. It's so demanding. Dave, that is a great, great question. Doug Peterson made a great point to me that I hadn't thought of because I talked to him about it. And one of the things he said is, I got a lot of guys who didn't win that Super Bowl, who didn't play in that game. They were part of it, but they didn't play in the game. And so Carson Wentz is really motivated to win a Super Bowl. So I think, you know, my gut feeling is I don't think they're going to have the problems that some other teams have had because what team has a franchise quarterback who's going to be more motivated than anybody on that field to win it? Because even though he gets a ring, he's got to feel deep down, you know, there's something missing in my life. I want to play in one of those. I pinch myself, Peter. I'm 53 years old. I think the Eagles can win until I'm retired. I mean, I feel like this team is set up for a really good, long, early 90, early 2000 Andy Reid kind of run with something a little special at the end. They could, and, you know, it's just a mark of how difficult it is that really there's only one team that has done it with any consistency. Only one. I don't know whether I look at the Eagles and say they're so much more well-suited than anybody else. They're well-suited to repeat. There's no question about it. But if it was easy, you're right. More than eight teams would have done it by now. Peter, thanks so much. Okay, Dave. And that will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Brian Thomas for putting this all together. We're back next week as the Eagles get ready for their first preseason game and on the heels of the Brian Dawkins enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles fly. E-A-T-L-E!